Mount McKinley National Park, as it was known at the time, was one of the first parks in America to recognize that a natural setting could have carrying capacity. In 1972, the park limited access to the full length of its 91-mile road. Beyond its founding by Congress in 1917 and a dramatic expansion and name change in 1980, this was a singular defining moment in the rich history of this special place. Months earlier, in October 1971, a new highway opened that crossed the park's doorstep and shortened the long drive between Anchorage and Fairbanks by 120 miles. Park administrators and officials in Washington predicted that the shortcut would bring a new influx of automobiles to and through the park. They knew, as a practical matter, that the primitive park road wasn't designed to be a crowded public thoroughfare, and they already suspected that with increased traffic, wildlife would drift from sight. Closing most of the road to private vehicles, they reasoned, was the only way both to preserve park values and to provide for public enjoyment. George Hartsock was director of the National Park Service at the time. In a National News Magazine interview about the issue, he said, We're planning to stop cars at Savage River. One of the great charms of Mount McKinley National Park is its fantastic wildlife displays. Our ecologists tell us that with heavy automobile traffic along the single road into Wonder Lake, wildlife will leave the road. We're trying to avoid more cars. I think we have reached the end of this cycle of more roads and more trails, more roads and more trails, and I think we have got to look to other means of access. What Hartzog had in mind proved to be buses. In its first few years of service, the fleet serving the park consisted of four buses and three vans from schools in Cantwell and the Anchorage area. Between them, they made 10 to 15 round trips a day. But that first summer, as officials expected, park attendance doubled from 44,000 to 88,000 people. Today, more than 35 years later, there are more than 90 scheduled tour bus and shuttle bus trips into the park each day, and attendance has increased more than tenfold, to the very brink of 500,000 visitors every May through September. The vast majority of visitors to Denali now arrive on package tours, in particular on an eight-hour interpretive tour bus ride that travels about 53 miles into the park. Since 1986, there has been a cap of 10,512 trips allowed on the park road during the 111-day summer season. There are allocations spelled out for tour buses and shuttle buses, for access to private lodges in Cantishna, for professional photographers, for park employees with duty stations inside the park, even for road maintenance vehicles. While no one who is supposed to be out there has been turned back by the road use limits so far, the total has come within one or two hundred of the maximum allowed in recent years. Denali may be fast approaching another defining moment in its long, rich history. It's the official position of the park that established road limits will remain in place until it can make decisions based on accurate, scientifically valid information. In 2006, scientists began an integrated study of park road capacity that is collecting and analyzing data about Denali's social, biological, and physical environments. In 2008, officials started work on an environmental impact statement that will develop a completely new management strategy for transporting people in the park. The EIS process, which is expected to take several years, will use science to determine a carrying capacity for the park road that will preserve wilderness resource values and provide for a high-quality experience for current and future generations of visitors. The process will explore changing or combining tour bus and shuttle bus operations, as well as changes in the features and capacities of the buses themselves. 
One thing the process won't do, however, is alter the character, design, or infrastructure of the park road itself. Adolf Murray was one of America's most revered scientists and wilderness advocates. He once quipped that the great distance and difficulty in getting to Denali have protected it from the kinds of demands that already beset comparable parks in the lower 49 states. Those circumstances are changing. There's a classic turn of phrase in Denali that's been passed down through years of ranger lore. Remember, you're not just here to see wild animals. You're here to see a place where it's still possible to see wild animals. 